Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo Podcast. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. My name is Christopher Paul Jones, and uh, I specialize in fears, phobias, and anxieties. And um, I use a whole range of um, different approaches to tackle them. But what they tend to all be is what I call sort of intervention approaches. Ahoy, and welcome to episode 187. I hope you're having a great week out there. It's awesome to be back once again in the in the week leading up to the Mental Health Blog Awards. Really looking forward to to hosting the awards again this weekend. So on Saturday the 25th, I think it is, of July, we're going to be hosting the third ever Mental Health Blog Awards uh, online. Uh, so you can still get your tickets. I think it's uh, it's £2.95 or something like that. So it's a really low really low cost uh but yeah really excited really looking forward to hosting the awards to recognizing some of the awesome work that's going on in the mental health blogging blogging and podcasting uh communities uh, and just seeing some faces i haven't seen for a long time you know Lock- lockdown's been a, a weird thing uh there haven't been meetups there haven't been kind of events and things that have happened in previous years so looking forward to to seeing uh, a lot of people next weekend and to seeing and experiencing some of the workshops that are on offer as part of the day as well so really looking forward to that Um, and you can find out more over at mhblogawards.com and yeah find out a little bit more about the awards even if you're not going to attend on saturday just to find out a little bit more about what's going on it's an ace event i'm really looking forward to the developments that are going to be happening for kind of next year but ongoing with with the awards but for today, I'm delighted to be joined by a returning guest. Uh, Christopher is back with us and uh, we we have a, a little bit of a recap, I guess, as to um, a previous conversation that we had some time ago now. But we really focus in on kind of the lifting of lockdown, the 
return to whatever this new normal is uh, and have a look and a consideration to some of the anxieties and the worries that people might be having as we go into this kind of the next stage of our experience with this situation I guess Uh, so it was really interesting to sit down to talk to Christopher to hear some of his insights Uh, we also talk about a few different coping strategies as well Uh, and because we had a conversation I think for kind of rolling up to the hour uh, we also summarize those at the end as well so I really hope you enjoy this episode it was really great to sit down and hear from Christopher and have that insight Um, so huge thank you to him as well I look forward to I think probably the next couple of episodes might be slightly different. We might reflect back on some of the, the stuff with the Mental Health Blog Awards um, and some of the things that happened there. But yes, it, it's been it's been really great to catch up with Christopher and have a conversation. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. It feels very timely uh, with everything that's happening at the moment. So I hope you enjoy it. Please do remember, you're not alone out there. Welcome back to the, the podcast, Christopher. Um, how have you been recently? It's, it's been, wow, we just had this conversation. I'm not actually sure how long it's been. It's been a while. Um, so how have you been? I've been good. I mean, it's um, a fascinating time. Uh, I mean, I often say to people that, uh, um, you know, however uh, much of a planner or even a worrier you are, you couldn't have anticipated this, could you? You couldn't have anticipated that you couldn't travel, the planes would be closed, that you wouldn't be going to your office, kids wouldn't be going to school. So it's been a fascinating time and it's, you know, it's been a great time to test emotional resilience, I guess. But I have been good. Thank you. How have you been yourself? Yeah, not too bad. I think it's been, uh, it's been a, yeah, a changeable time. I think I, I was really interested um, to hear a few people recently start to talk about that the the lifting of lockdown and almost as if it's going to be kind of back to business as usual yeah um and i think it's really i always feel conscious of saying from its personal point of view um but for me i just i think that's quite a dangerous way to think i think so much has changed and um you're comparing what we're going to do with what happened in the past and that's just not going to be the case for so many it's a case of compare it to now at the moment, like you say, we're, we're at home, there are limitations on that and those will be lifted and we'll be able to socialise and work and interact with people much more. Um, but it won't be in the way that it was previously, um, at least not for, in my opinion, a number of years. So I think it, it's it's um, a really timely time <laughs> yes. to uh, be thinking about actually what has helped keep us well over the last couple of months what are the things that we've really struggled with and maybe can we do some of that again now lockdown is loosening to some extent um so yeah it's a a really interesting time and i think i feel kind of like i've gone through it the last couple of months generally it's been it's been pretty good um but just trying to find that where is the balance um am i worrying about something i don't really need to worry about um I think that's been the the thing for me and and generally I think what I'm seeing across quite a few people is that um what should my expectations be what should my worries be and seemingly struggling to to balance that with the the new and ever-changing environment we find ourselves in yeah absolutely 
Um, well, we'll come on to this, but, you know, mm. it, again, the, the idea that worry is protecting you is so common amongst people. And most of the things we worry about um, it aren't solved by worrying. In fact, almost any most thing, almost everything isn't solved by worrying, maybe having a plan. But but having anxiety about it isn't necessarily going to solve it. But I'm sure we'll come on to that um, as we talk today. Yeah, I think it's an it's an interesting one. And I um I've I've heard someone say before this a, a while ago now, and I think it's come up in a couple of different conversations where we sort of talk about the uh, the anxiety or the worry that we feel and having a level of uh, acceptance of that and saying that's okay yes and it's almost that kind of that secondary emotion that really is causing the are we worrying about worrying are we yes. angry about worrying um that is really the area that we can affect and that we can kind of focus in and do work on and um really kind of recognize that there's there's work we can do there i think a lot of the uncertainty comes from well, things we, we don't know about or we can't change um yes abso absolutely and this is you know in my work this is mm. the big thing you see which is um if you if you boil down a lot of you know anxiety what does it really come down to control mm. or i.e lack of it so when someone's out of control um uh, they start to panic and, you know, the line I always give to my clients is really so. So, you know, what's the positive intention for this behavior? Now, um, it was Milton Erickson, Milton Erickson, Milton Erickson, I can't speak today, <laughs> who said um, he was a famous hypnotist and psychotherapist. And he, he used to say, you know, the problem was once a solution. So everything you're doing is meeting a need, however illogical or irrational. Now, most common with fears, it's this idea that somehow I'm protected now that's true if you're in real danger if you're you know about to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger so you decide to run play dead or freeze you know fight flight mm -hmm. or freeze um but what, what we often end up doing is worrying about the things we can't control and all we end up doing is getting more worried because we go oh i'm out of control what if i panic what if i panic see now i'm panicking it's like yeah because yeah. you just thought about panicking um and so i'll often say to my clients you know what's the positive intention and they'll go oh you know to stay to stay in control no, well, how in control do you feel when you're having a panic attack? Oh, I don't at all. You know, so the very thing we're trying to meet is normally the very thing we're we're making worse, you know, by our behavior. So it's realizing that. But yeah, it does come into two sections, really. There are the external factors and internal factors. Now, a lot of the external factors, yes, we can move or, well, maybe not during lockdown, you know, we could move house, we could change our jobs, although those things have become more difficult, which is adding to the stress. Um, but then there's the internal factors. So it's what belief am I having? What meaning am I giving it? What am I feeling? And those things we can control. So it's it's realizing not trying to control from an intellectual level, but looking inwards and going, well, what is this about? What, what is it that's causing me to feel this way? And if there is a solution, you know, then do it. And yeah, you're right. In that case, when there's something you know you should be doing that you're not doing, then it's a call for, for action from your body to take action, you know. Um, and it's noticing the difference as the old uh, 12 step saying goes, you know, do you, do you think that there are, um, maybe more people thinking about or experiencing these kind of worries or anxieties because of lockdown rather than maybe say sort of four or so months ago, we would have been talking about this in terms of people that struggle with, 
um, kind of high level symptoms of mental health illness or yeah. a, a diagnosed illness. Um, do you think this is it getting to a stage where it is, it is affecting people that that don't have or wouldn't necessarily consider themselves to to be affected by an illness, but just by the current situation? Yes, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think for the most part, there are a couple of things that have been made better uh, through lockdown. So if people have been very stressed out through their work, maybe they've been furloughed, but they know they've got a job, then actually it can help. Um, if people have had a lot of anxiety, uh, like social anxiety, although in some ways it depends on the type, but that has been reduced because um, there's, there's no longer the expectation that they should mm. go to this meeting and things like that. Um, that said, the majority is on the up. And of course, you know, when, like I say, what is what is fear really? What is anxiety? It's the feeling of not being safe. At some point in your past, you didn't feel safe. So your fight, flight or freeze becomes overclocked as a protection mechanism. And so when suddenly leaving your house is unsafe, that getting too close to somebody is unsafe, there are so many other factors. You know, someone who, say, was a bit of a hygiene person, they wouldn't call themselves OCD, but they were a little bit cautious. They like to clean. Suddenly they're like, oh, if you didn't clean those vegetables, maybe someone else touched them. Mm. And so and, and, and again, it's also no longer irrational that there is a justification. Oh, eating this could harm me. And therefore, so those levels of stress have got a lot higher in all those situations, not to mention, you know, um, certainly if you're in London, you know, you, you may have not the biggest house and you've got, you know, suddenly it used, you used to go to your job and now you're at home, even if you're working from home and the kids are at home. Uh, doing their different levels of school. So you've got two kids doing that and then maybe your partner's doing work as well. And suddenly um, you've got all that going on. So there are so many triggers here now. Um, And those are for the lucky ones. Some other people, like I say, are worried about work and their future and, you know, whole careers change. I mean, for me, I had, um, you know, one of my specialties is fear of flying. Now, Mm. it's not that people don't come to me, but it's a lot less when there's no expectation to fly anytime soon. You know, it's not foremost in their mind. So um, even for me, you know, the, there's a whole perspective change in, in the kind of work I've been doing. Mm. And uh, I think I was saying to you just before we were rolling, the, mm. this isn't something you could have, um, you could anticipate really, you know, or it was as just as we started to roll, you know, you couldn't mm. plan, plan for planes to be grounded. How, however much of a worrier you are or a planner, you couldn't have organized this, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's all these factors that, that, as you say, that could have been classed as a mild worrier, you know, oh, I'm a bit, you know, I get a bit overstressed, whatever it is. And they're suddenly coming into the realm of a uh, mm. problem. Yeah, there's something uh, I want to kind of pick up on. You kind of briefly mentioned there as well, is that um, I think in in the past, I'm going to make a couple of generalizations here, so feel Go free on. to disagree. Yeah. Um, I think in the past, uh, when people were kind of struggling or, or thinking about being affected by anxiety or similar illnesses and symptoms, there was a sense of, oh, but someone else has got it worse than me. I'm in an okay situation. Actually, I'm not that bad. And you kind of downplay how bad or how much you're struggling. Yes. And I think I would say personally, I've seen a lot less of that recently um, where there doesn't necessarily be seem to be as much of a actually do you know what some people as you mentioned kind of talking about london some people are in really really bad situations they don't have mm. great home lives they don't have um the job security or access to the support that they previously had and 
uh, arguably some of those um, differences are now more stark than they were previously. Yet yes. that seems to be kind of less spoken about or less recognised, and there seems to be just that general sense of uh, panic, panic for me. Um, so do you think it's? I might not necessarily like that as an outlook, but has it encouraged more people to come forward because we aren't worried about kind of someone else has it worse or what does it look like if I access support because we are becoming more isolated at the moment? I mean, that's an interesting viewpoint. I haven't given it any thought, really. I'm definitely the level of general anxiety people coming to me is up. Um for the most part, as, as I say, a couple of people, it's down, but for the most part. So, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's in that same boat. Um, and of course, for some people, there is a tendency to still compare mm. because they'll go, well, everyone else is going through it. So why am I special? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think generally there is more of a realization. And I think the fact that, you know, I think people that have struggled in the past also suddenly get understood more because suddenly I mean I had um yeah, <laughs> I, I had an um, old uni friend contact me the other day now this this is um so you know people ask me uh, you know when did I feel that I was successful not that you know it's all a comparison but <laughs> that, that I'd got in my career and uh, they say well was it when you were on the tv was it when you were working with these celebrities I said no it's when when one of my uni friends who was always very cynical tapped me on the shoulder and said look don't tell any of the other friends but I kind of need your advice anyway um as a sideline but uh um I won't mention his name but he um he commented he uh got in touch with me the other day and was saying look you know suddenly this this thing that I didn't really understand or just thought you know typical uh again I'm going to stereotype um but typical sort of northerner mentality. Mm. And if you're from the north, you know what that means, which is kind of that old fashioned, you know, you just suck it up and deal with it, don't you? You yeah. know, we're, we're the war generation, you know, we fought a war. Our grandparents fought a war. What is this? This talking about your feelings, Lark, you know? Um, and, and he said, you know, I've suddenly realized that, that all these people who I thought, you know, that I may have judged, I suddenly, now I'm going through that and I can understand it. So I think there's a lot more empathy out there potentially. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that insight that we are um, now getting, regardless of kind of our age, of our generation, we're all experiencing this in our own way together. Mm. Um, like you say, we would have had, if we'd have been having this conversation six months ago, we would have spoke very much about kind of the difference in generations and the way yes. that mental health is spoken about. And while that still exists, actually this really could, as you say, change that outlook because of that experience of um we're all going through something similar and we're all also hearing other people talking about it while we are living through it it's not absolutely oh do you remember five years ago and you're like oh not really oh, that's not how i experienced it yeah um it's very current um and we live in a time when this is spoken about or maybe not in the mainstream and not all the time but it is at times spoken about so it is um maybe breaking down a few barriers for um i usually sort of say those older generations but like you say also maybe some people in particular um cultural groups or geographical areas where this would less uh likely to be spoken about absolutely and i i um uh yeah i i think it definitely brings it to the forefront as i say and um um yeah, I mean, this is this is 
a unheard of time really you know as i said before it it's um uh, this will probably be remembered you know 50 years from now uh, depending on what i guess depends on what happens in the mm. next 50 years but um mm. you know this is this is a big thing um one of the things i think isn't talked about so much certainly in the press and the media is the long-term effects so they're talking about economic or and of course that's all going to influence mental health it often yeah. does although there's plenty of very wealthy people with serious mental health problems um but generally you know if you lose your job if the more uncertainty you have the more your anxiety it's not going to help is it yeah yeah but but the level you know the trauma of you know for some people you know and there's again so many i never thought there'd be so many facebook jokes you know um some people have have use that time and they have reflected and they have you know read stuff and done online courses and worked on their mental health and took time to reflect on what's important to them and you know learn to appreciate nature more and all those things which are you know incredibly useful um i think the sale of houses with gardens have gone up i think uh, allotment you know so suddenly appreciating these things has been good but there's been other people that you know if there's some people that are very sociable and the idea that they can't see their family or couldn't, you know, couldn't socialize with their friends is, is very, you know, damaging, you know, to, to people. And, um, and I think it also people who were doing a kind of, you know, stepped process, like for social anxiety, they were kind of coming out of their shell. Mm. They're suddenly back in and, and they're maybe taken back certainly several steps. Um, as I say, especially when now socializing, it's not just all oh, people might judge me and all the things that go with social anxiety. Um, it's also ooh, maybe this person carries a germ. Maybe I can't let them get too close. What if, you know, and so you've got even more things to worry about. Mm. I think it's you. Yeah, you pick up there on that that idea of the long term. And yeah, I guess maybe one of the reasons why that's not focused in on is because there are so many changes yes kind of each well we're getting to the stage where it's probably each month rather than each week or each day yeah. um but it's quite hard i guess for us to to say what is it going to be like when we don't really know what it's like now and i wonder if that is um kind of where we're starting to touch upon that idea of coming out of lockdown now and yeah. starting to look towards um, the future whether that's kind of a short or long-term future um, and see yeah that that impact on those that that were previously entering into therapy or support um, that were midway through that um, those that are now going to be added to that list yes. of people that that do need support and yes um, that is going to have a long-term impact i think we're we are both probably putting quite a, a positive spin on some of the positives that are coming from of this course. in terms yeah. of um that community conversation and community mm. spirit around mental health but there are those people that are really really um or were really struggling before we even went into oh yes um, lockdown and now is that going to um put an even larger pressure on those people that are delivering services um, to support people because there will just be such a huge increase in, I imagine probably at all levels, um, people that do need support in the coming, even in just in the coming kind of year or two. Yes. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you're right. I, I There are people, I mean, we talk about people uh, getting help but of course, that is one element. You know, there are lots of people that won't seek help no matter how bad they are. And mm. their way of doing it 
you know, and some people find good ways to do that, you know, whether it's going to yoga classes, meditation, whatever. Um, and some people it's going to the pub and drinking, although, you know, sometimes they would argue that it's the social aspects. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but all those things are taken away as well. So that that so although, you know, different communities have emerged, like we say, the growth in technology mm-hmm. and how we use it to communicate, um, not that change is a bad thing, but it is uh, readapting to that. And so there's it's not just going to be on the like i say the the health services necessarily on the on the mental health services but also all those things that have suddenly were people's you know safe space if you like i don't like that term but you know what i mean their their way to relax their way to to find themselves all that's taken away exercise that's a very powerful way of changing your mood um and again you know the gyms were shut and i'm not saying they shouldn't have been but you know um and and then the parks get packed so it's like you know um I think I'd definitely say um, a, a combination, a combination of yeah, a, a similar to you. I'm, I'm not too keen on the phrase safe spaces, yeah. but we'll use it because I can't think of a better one. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> is that I I got into a routine where I was going to the gym a combination of once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, but I also probably had maybe once or twice a month I'd go to. Uh, a fast food place and I'd sit there yes. on my own and have my food and um we can debate whether or not whether that was uh healthy yes. um but yeah it was for me it was it was taking that time out having a chance just to sit there with my headphones in not need to talk to anybody have some food and just take that time out and I think um I'd like to think that uh we are we are starting to see that that recognition that while some some uh, self-care activities are not the most healthy yes. um there is a, a greater reflection on how and why that's useful for people yeah well, um i was saying the other mm. day i mean my big one and you know it, it's a bit well <laughs> my <laughs> wife would argue it's childish um so when i, I got oh, i got married in november um and, Congratulations. Uh, um, as, um, and my friends gave me a plate. All my old, again, uni friends have PlayStation 4s. Okay. And they gave me one as a gift. And I was like, I'm, I'm never going to use it. But actually, during lockdown, I did. And, you know, so suddenly I'm, I'm actually getting to shoot my friends. Uh, um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like the most relaxing thing, but just to be able to talk to my friends yeah. uh, that, you know, one, I wouldn't have otherwise, but two, probably, met, you know, would speak once every few months. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, I'm, um, you know, chatting with, you know, once a week, whatever. Yeah. it does make a big difference and so again is it is it is it healthy or is it not i mean it depends on 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 you know i, I think all, too much of anything is is not good for you you know mm. um and are you using it as a distraction or are you, you know what's the intent behind the activity as well so um um yeah so it, it it's just checking in with you i mean that's going back to the social anxiety thing you know there are some people again i've had clients on both sides um, so someone would come to see me and go, you know, I just can't be by myself. I go, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. You know, if what's that about though? And if they go, well, I just like to be social. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. If they're going, oh, because then I'm alone with my own thoughts and I have to reflect and whatever, that's mm-hmm. not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But the truth and the opposite is also true. If you go, oh, I like to be my own company. Great. Nothing wrong with that. Be in nature, do whatever, you know, watch TV, do fast food. But if you're going because I'm frightened people will judge me. So I think if you're doing stuff, whatever you're doing, if you're doing it from fear, 
or distraction, it's probably not healthy. If you're doing it for a positive intention, it can be, but obviously there's some exceptions to that, that there isn't a positive spin you can put on it. So it's just checking in with yourself really and going, mm. you know, is, is this, is this right for me right now? You know, um, but certainly on that, sorry, just, just, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but certainly the amount of sitting on the couch and eating rubbish and drinking alcohol mm. i think will also be another problem uh, mm. that's going to be affecting people as they come out of lockdown um i think you kind of picked up there on that yeah. that idea of the the isolation yeah that again we're talking about things that some people would have been struggling with prior to lockdown um but it's maybe recognizing those people that weren't struggling or wouldn't recognize themselves as struggling with that prior yes. to and so as you have already mentioned they are are possibly the people that wouldn't come forward and access support yeah because they will think oh no this was just the thing that i'm struggling with now because of lockdown and gradually as stuff eases i'll be able to go out and do stuff and it's maybe not right yeah. now um but it is i think it's very easy to become um quite isolated and quite um is it sedentary where you're, you're just yeah you're not really moving around too much i mean i, I can tell you yeah. even even still working sat at a laptop most of the day getting up at lunchtime and going up the stairs it's got me <laughs> out of breath and <laughs> that doesn't yes. doesn't feel particularly good that that is the case yeah. um but i think yeah it is it is about recognizing and hopefully there is that um encouragement to support people out of lockdown yeah. rather than that pressure to look you should be going to work you should be going to the shops you should be going out to all these places that mm. um you were going to before rather than just kind of are oh, they're, they're open now and they're ready when you're ready to go back and kind of to come and meet us or meet us somewhere you can do that um mm. hopefully those kind of support networks as you mentioned kind of the the online gaming or online conversations can continue yeah as people work their own way out of lockdown yes absolutely um yeah no i think you're right and i think it is finding a level that, that works for you and that, that there isn't any expectation i mean yeah lockdown has meant that we've spent a lot more time by ourselves and with our own thoughts and so, you know, as we talked about, it has probably exacerbated any of the negative self-talk, but it's also, you know, it's an opportunity to go, okay, this was probably with me long before this, you know, it tend, things like this, as you rightly say, just exacerbate it. So, you know, angry people get angry, stressed people get stressed, you know, depressed people get depressed. Um, we tend to go to our learnt uh, survival responses. So this will just be a you know, another however many notches up, generally speaking. Um, mm. So it's probably time to, you know, maybe look at that, whatever that is for you. Um, you know, so have you just been working all the time as a distraction? Have you just been using, you know, even positive things like the gym? Yeah. Has it been a distraction or has it been healthy? You know, so. I think you, uh, you kind of mentioned jumping back to almost when we started talking, I think the, yeah. that idea of resilience and that's kind of, yeah. I think what we're coming around to here is, um building up your own resilience in certain areas and maybe being aware that you might need to build it up in areas that you were you were good at before you maybe felt yes. like you had the resilience in those areas um or that you were really really strong in in the social scene or whatever that you really were good at that and had that down to some extent um mm. but 
but it might be that we are now picking up on new things that we're struggling with as we come out of of that um do you i suppose it's a case of looking at um kind of how we frame how we frame that uh, attempt to accessing support or looking for information to um facilitate our re-entry into whatever the the, the next stage of this is mm. um do you think that's a, a good time for people to come forward and look for certain types of support or that there is um maybe a case of trying to work stuff out on their own i mean i would go back to your earlier point i think it's a combination mm. i think that i mean you know it, it's about reflecting on all right um, I mean, the big question I always ask my clients is, um, I don't think I invented it, but I, I, I learned it from somewhere. Um, whoever, whoever taught it <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. I'll give you the credit. Yeah. Um, which is, I reference someone. <laughs> someone, but that's the trouble. I've, I've learned so many things, or maybe it, maybe it was something I constructed, but um, is what do I need to believe to feel that way? Um, and, and, and the question is, you know, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Great. What do I need to believe to feel anxious? I need to believe I'm not safe. Or I need to believe that the world's going to come to an end. Or I need to believe, yeah, whatever it is. Um, it most often won't be logical. And you can loop that question. So the first question is going, you know, well, what I, what is it I'm actually, you know, what is going on for me inside? What is, what is it? Not why, because why tends to give you excuses. But how? How am I doing that? What am I feeling, picturing, thinking about, uh, believing in order to feel this way? And then it's, and then it's like, okay, what's the best way to resolve this? Now, sometimes it is just a change of environment. Just, okay, I haven't, you know, I haven't been out the house in ages. I need to go walk in the park, you know. Um, I need to get into nature. More often than not, it will be something deeper. And, you know, it's about going, okay, they don't know what to do. And so it's just about, all right, let me try something very small, uh, baby steps, as you were saying, you know, and, and maybe it's just a walk. Maybe I just need to cycle. Um and then you can, it's easier to get perspective on it and go, okay, oh, there's this. And, and so sort of the more you do, like going to the gym, the more weight you lift, the stronger you can become. The more you're doing towards changing your mental well-being, uh, the easier it is to get where you want to be. I think that, that's a, a really important point to make. And I think I'd, I'd add to that slightly mm. in saying that uh, I've been in an experience a couple of years ago where I sought support while I was in crisis. Yeah. And if I'm being honest, uh, I, I absorbed what I needed to to get out of the crisis, but I didn't really yep. feel like I'd learnt much else. Yes. Looking back, I, I think probably slightly um, look back on it more positively than it was, but it takes that time for those um, almost learning points to sink in and to be part of your your coping strategies and the processes that you go through and some of the points you've just mentioned mm. are, are like hugely hugely beneficial and sound really easy but it can take quite a lot of time to embed these and i think some of oh. the some of the services i would say probably took me over sort of three or six months until that really embedded and that's when i sort of say when we're looking at coming out of lockdown it's all very well thinking oh okay lockdown finishes tomorrow what am I going to do okay well it might take you just a little while to really work towards that and I think some yes. of the stuff that you were picking up there kind of really keys into that and 
um, being compassionate with yourself around how and when you're accessing this support as well. Yeah, well, I, th I think that's the the other thing. Um, I mean, I would say, so to add on to that, I would say yep. compassionate with yourself generally, mm -hmm. because the problem I, I, I see, and maybe it's a Western thing, maybe it's not, um, is that how people tackle their problems is they tend to dig, uh, dig deep and they fight. They try and tackle their problems like they were trying to run a race mm. or they're trying to be the best at sales in their business, whatever, you know, like this competitive, yeah, yeah. you know, sh like kind of strive, dig deep and power be through. Be number um, one, yeah. achieve a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. That's the exact opposite of what you need for mental health, because it's a bit like, again, I use a yoga class example. It's like going to a yoga class and going, right, I'm going to be the best at relaxing ever. Let me focus on <laughs> relaxing. Um, I'm going to be brilliant. It's like, no, how do you get good at yoga? By the, the more you actually stop caring. And I don't mean that literally, but mm. the more you just go, ah, um, uh, acceptance. It is what it is. You know, mm. thoughts come up, they come up. I'll come back. And it's a bit like that with tackling your mental health. So wherever you are having that voice go, no, I need to be doing more. I need to be um, powering through. And I do see that sometimes in the um, self-help industry um, is that every, every, there's some people when they first get into it, they get so excited that every day they're reading a new book. And it's, it's like, you're trying to achieve enlightenment through pushing rather than just maybe read one book and just apply it really well and then read the next book, you know? Um, and so it's the same for your mental health, getting angry at yourself, beating yourself up is not going to help. So just wherever you're at, you know, accepting it, acknowledging it, and then going, all right, this is where I'm at. Good, bad, and indifferent. What do I want to do? Where do I want to be? What do I need to change? You know, and, and having a, a kind of acceptance. And by the way, that's the other way of tackling anxiety is just to go, maybe I'll get anxious. Maybe I won't. Life goes on. And the irony is that's less likely to bother you than if you go, what if I panic? Oh, my God, I might panic. I need to control this panic, you know. Um, so, yeah. I think um, we're kind of getting to that point where we're, we're, we're mentioning a few different, um, not quite strategies, I guess, but mm. an insight into strategies and, and ways people can support that process uh, yeah. kind of mentally and emotionally that, that, that's starting to happen. Um and I think, if I'm being honest, we've probably covered this already in the last yeah. sort of half an I hour. I can repeat so, but, it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah just to have, um, if you're you're thinking like a couple of things that maybe would be really useful for someone to consider or someone to have a look at and reflect on as we're getting to this stage where, as we kind of mentioned, we're, we're starting to look at now coming out of lockdown and what that means for, for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the first thing is going, all right, so... Lockdown is easing. Um, things are changing. Okay, how do I feel? That's the first thing. You know, I'm, I'm checking in with yourself, looking inwards and going. And if you are feeling whatever, angry, stressed, tense, go pretty much what I said earlier. Well, you know, what is that about? What am I believing to feel that way? Well, what am I, what am I focusing on? And and it's make it worth making a note of that. That's the first thing. So acknowledging what the problem is, because that's the first thing before tackling it. Um, and then it's like, right, what do I need to do to change that? So, you know, going back to it, if it's the environment, okay, I'm, I'm stressed out with the environment. Okay, what can I do differently? How can I change my environment? If it's um, internal, you know, it's like, okay, I'm worried about, um, well, I won't say X, Y, Z. Okay, yeah. focus on that thing. Now, there's a couple of different exercises you can do. One of the quickest I recommend um, obviously breathing for a start, you know, taking deep breaths in, 
because anything that can relax you when your mind is relaxed answers come clearer than when you're in stress this is why you know again going back to it that the trying to make decisions from a from your worried state your reptilian brain is not the most helpful mm-hmm. um so one of the other ones is called uh, heart math which is where you actually and it's just a visualization but you actually imagine the oxygen instead of going into your stomach or your lungs you imagine it filling up your heart space and all you do is for a few minutes sounds a bit new agey but there is some science behind it and you just imagine the oxygen flowing through and thinking of your favorite color and that is kind of a form of meditation relaxation and then you can think about uh, solutions strategies things to do mm-hmm. one of the other ones that are very good for changing your state changing your focus is is what's called havening or stroking and all you do is well there's a few ways of doing it but one is just to take your hands um and imagine you've got like a cat or a, an animal you like i, I should say you i said cats because you said cats but, uh, <laughs> yeah. dog for me obviously dogs are better dogs are better um <laughs> unconditional love. but you just and you just imagine slowly stroking your hands across the tops and again that self-touch mechanism just just gets you out of that tense state and then like i say and from that position you can then think about right what do i need to do now okay what could i do differently what can i focus on what is it that's causing me to feel that way and i do have various um uh tips and techniques for changing that but normally you know we're we're always looking for meaning as human beings so in order to feel happy or sad or stressed or anxious we're giving something a meaning you know the thing itself isn't doing that and i'll use a specific example well hey you know no actually let's use lockdown i said at the beginning there are people who have gone gone with lockdown and gone great it's i've suddenly got time off work i can work on my body i can eat healthy i can do all these things uh, i wasn't one of them by the way um now i did some of those things but you know i can read all these books and all the catch up on all these things i wanted to tidy my house paint my house yeah whatever um and then there's other people that are stressed to the eyeballs now the event is the same the meaning someone is giving it is different so what is the meaning i'm giving it and you know what can i do differently so um so it's always asking you those you know whether coming out of lockdown or just in life in general dealing with anything that's stressful um it's worth thinking about thank you i think uh some really good points to pick up on there and we hadn't covered all of those you added some in as well which was really yeah. great um just before we kind of wrap up i think we've touched on some of the work that you are doing at the moment but also yeah. been doing for a number of years um if people wanted to find out a little bit more about what you do um kind of where would the best place be to go but also can you tell us just a briefly a little bit more about that as we kind of wrap up about the work just, i did yeah yeah just generally a little bit more of a, a i know some of some listeners might remember our previous episode but some might yeah. not given that we've not been specific about when yes, that was yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah so so my name is christopher paul jones and uh, i specialize in fears phobias and anxieties and um i use a whole range of um different approaches to tackle them but what they tend to all be is what i call sort of intervention approaches which is so it's less about uh talking like counsel like talk therapy and there's not nothing wrong with that um but my my work is about finding those triggers and changing those patterns so it tends to be a lot quicker um than traditional uh methods generally speaking and i do a whole range from everything from hypnotherapy traditional psycho uh, contemporary psychotherapy and cbt and a whole range of others um 
and yeah, so that's my work. I've, I've done, I do a lot of things in, in terms of flying phobias and phobias in general and general anxiety. Um, and yeah, if you want to find out more about me, my a couple of places, but the best place where it's all sort of together is ChristopherPaulJones.com. Um, if you go there, it's got obviously about me, about the work I do. It's got uh, various video tips. It's got all, all the articles, uh, yeah, uh, uh, different um, tips and things as well, you know, blogs. So it's got it's got most of the content there. Um, you could also search my name on Facebook and it should come up as well. Um, and YouTube as well, though the videos are on the website. So if you search my name on YouTube, there's various tips and techniques there. So, um, you know, like, like the two I was talking about, the heart breathing and the stroke, and there's a lot more than that. Um, but you can see a visual representation of how those have done. So it can help as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming back on. It's been really interesting to um, to have that conversation about kind of where we are right now. Um, so often, I think with the scheduling, I don't it doesn't always match up to have the person on at the right time for, for certain things. So it's been great to, to talk to you this week. And I um, I do think when we spoke last, time, I think we spoke quite a lot about the the, the flying and the anxiety mm. side of. Um, the discussion but also the work yes. that you do so it's been interesting to kind of apply that to the situation that obviously most of us uh, are in right now as well so um, absolutely a, a big thank you for you uh, giving up your time to come on and, and share that experience it's, knowledge. it's been a pleasure These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. <laughs>